when people think of Christmas, different people might think of different things. Uh, for some, the wonder of Christmas is about bright lights and Christmas trees. To others, it's about gathering with family and exchanging presents. For those of us who follow Jesus, the wonder of Christmas is about the birth of our Savior. So at Christmas, we focus on the nativity scene and the manger that held the precious Christ child. Sometimes as a prank, uh, people steal baby Jesus from uh, a nativity scene. You might have heard of, uh, of that happening somewhere. It happened once at uh, the college my wife Molly attended, uh, Asbury College near her hometown of Lexington, Kentucky. Now, Molly wasn't involved in this particular prank. <laughs> I, I think she was involved in some others. Not this one, though. But one of our friends was. There was a life-size nativity scene set up on campus. And for some reason, our friend and his roommate decided to steal baby Jesus. A school official showed up at their room the next night. He had been told that they were the culprits. And he wanted baby Jesus back. And he meant now. Our friend's uh, roommate looked at the school official straight in the eye and said, no, sir, we didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. And those words shocked our friend because he was ready to confess and plead for mercy. For some reason, though, he wasn't asked, and he felt no reason to contradict uh, his friend's testimony. They knew they had to get rid of the evidence. But you can't toss baby Jesus in the lake or the dumpster. Thieves, yes, but hardened sinners, no. They couldn't do that. So the next night, the two of them uh, snuck back into the foyer of the conference center. This was uh, before the days of uh, video security cameras being uh, so prevalent. And they put the baby Jesus back in the manger. So much for keeping Christ in Christmas, right? This lighthearted prank uh, leads some to ask, why would anybody take baby Jesus out of the manger? But an even more perplexing question is, why would anyone put Jesus in a manger in the first place? What is the wonder of a manger? What can we learn from this unlikely crib that can help awaken us to the wonder of Christmas. Mary and Joseph traveled, traveled uh, to Bethlehem to be counted for a census. Bethlehem was a small town known as the city of David because King David had been from there. And Mary was a young girl who was pregnant out of wedlock. Joseph was a, a humble carpenter there was nothing extraordinary about either of them. In fact, they were of the lower class of society. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the town was at capacity because of people coming in for the census. So there was nowhere for Mary and Joseph to stay. Because travelers generally stayed in a family member's home, uh, the inn was probably more like a, a guest room and it was full. So Mary and Joseph found themselves 
with the animals. The first Christmas was pretty simple. It's okay if yours is, too. That same night, angels announced the birth of the king to lowly shepherds. When the shepherds arrived to celebrate Jesus' birth, they saw the king lying in a manger, a, a feeding trough among the animals. Everything about the nativity scene is humble and lowly. No one there deserved to be in the presence of the king of kings and lord of lords. But God intentionally chose humble beginnings to show us the extent he is willing to go to save us all. When we think about power and significance, what do we think of? What do you think of? Our understandings of power and significance aren't all that different from those living in the first century. When we think of kings, we think of gold, jewels, crowns, and pomp and circumstance. We, we equate significance with possessions and power. God's humble entrance into the world as a helpless baby, lying in a feeding trough, challenges our worldview and communicates that everyone, regardless of position or power, everyone has equal access to God. Why would God enter the world in such a way? Why wasn't Jesus born in a palace? The answer is because of how much God loves us. The answer is God's extraordinary love for you and me. Jesus intends to win us over with love, not by force or fear. God seeks us. God seeks you because he loves you. Jesus came to earth to save us. His coming is the climax of the whole story, God's game plan to redeem the world. In his book, Abundant Living, the great missionary E. Stanley, e. Stanley Jones told the story of a little boy at a mission boarding school during World War II. And because of the fighting, the boy was unable to go home for Christmas. So when Christmas Day came, he was terribly sad and nothing could cheer him. When he didn't come out of his room for dinner, the school principal, the headmaster, went to go and check on him, and he saw just how disappointed, discouraged the boy was. He, he did what he could to try to connect with him and encourage him. So he asked him what he wanted for Christmas, and the little guy looked at a photograph of his dad, which stood on his dresser, and with tears in his eyes, he said wistfully, I wish Father would step out of the picture. That's what happened at Bethlehem on that first Christmas. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, stepped out of the picture and into our reality, into our messy and complex world. God became fully human. Jesus is human in every way except he was without sin. 
Jesus had human senses. Jesus looked upon people with compassion. Jesus laid hands upon them and touched the lame and the blind. People who were thought to be uh, outcasts and untouchable. Lepers, Jesus went to them to touch them and make them whole. He heard the cries for mercy from those suffering, emotional, psychological, spiritual, or physical pain. He drank from the same cup and ate the same bread as his disciples. Jesus experienced heartbreak and cried with Mary over the memory of her deceased brother Lazarus. Jesus laughed with his friends and felt the heartache of betrayal, denial, and abandonment. Sometimes as you think about what you've been through or what you might be facing right now, you might think no one can understand. But no one understands like Jesus. Jesus is fully human and fully God. This means that God can empathize with our experiences, good or bad. At the same time, he can bring divine healing and comfort. The wonder of the manger is that God humbled himself and became human to invade our world with love. This year marked uh, the 75th anniversary of D-Day, the largest seaborne invasion in history. On June 6, 1944, some 156,000 American, British, and Canadian forces landed on five beaches along a 50-mile stretch of the heavily fortified coast of France's Normandy region. For hours, waves of American aircraft had flown overhead and dropped powerful bombs to soften the enemy's defenses. Think of the deafening sound of those bombs exploding. Think of the horrific sound of the German artillery as desperate soldiers tried to shoot down allied bombers and stop our advancing troops. It was a terrifying and shocking day. Thousands and thousands of sailors and soldiers lost their lives. But the Allies were utterly determined to rescue Europe from the evil grip of Hitler and Nazism. Compare that invasion to God's quiet invasion of this earth, which was so different, counterintuitive even. The world had long been in prison, caught in a web of sin and death, controlled by a network of forces hostile to God and his people. God Almighty, the Lord of all creation, was about to invade this world. He was about to come and conquer the great enemies, sin and death, and to triumph over the powers of evil. With one word, God could have sent 10,000 angels in a forceful invasion, but he chose a much different approach, a sleepy, quiet approach. And the only sound you hear is the gentle breathing of a baby in his mother's arms. A baby to save the world. 
Christmas was God's sneak attack. God didn't come into the world marching through the front door. He didn't come with prominence and prestige, with influence or importance. God came into the world through the back door. He snuck in. This is the wonder of a manger, that God would quietly invade this world and come to live among us. Jesus' humble entrance into this world was intentional. It was designed to show us what kind of king, what kind of savior he is, that his reign, his rule, an everlasting rule, is characterized by humility. In Jesus, God stripped off heavenly glory and power and became one of us. God became human, took on our human condition, and came to save us. Because of how he entered the world, Jesus is accessible to everybody. Jesus didn't come into the world the way we might expect. Didn't come the way I would have expected or imagined. But God's ways are always full of wonder. The location and circumstances of Jesus' birth were not an accident. This was not a misstep by the angel Gabriel or Joseph. No, this was God's doing. Jesus came to show us the way to live, to demonstrate that true greatness comes not by exalting yourself, but by serving others. As we follow the footsteps of Jesus in the Gospels, this is what we see. We see him reaching out to hurting and forgotten people. We see Jesus putting others' needs ahead of his own. We see Jesus believing the best about people. We see Jesus bending down to touch the sick and the outcast and weeping at the heartbreak and loss of his friends. We see Jesus putting on an apron and washing his disciples' feet. And finally, we see Jesus giving his life on a cross for our sins, the sins of the world. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. It was no accident that Jesus was born among the animals and placed in a manger. It was no accident that Jesus devoted himself to serving others. It was no accident that Jesus confronted the dark forces of this world, even to the point of being nailed on a cross. He's the Savior, and that's what he came to do. The Bible tells us that this child of Bethlehem is the Lord God Almighty. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a servant and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Let's say these words together now. Therefore, God exalted him to the place of highest honor 
and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Imagine with me that you are there beside the manger. It's a silent night, a holy night, as we fall to our knees in wonder, beholding our tiny king. It's a silent night, a holy night, as tiny hands reach out in wonder, beholding his precious kingdom. After the fall of the Iron Curtain, when communism came crashing down, the full extent of the evil that had scarred that environment and the people began to become apparent. An American named Will Fish volunteered to go to Moscow uh, with another American to work with orphans who had been abused, uh, abandoned, and left in the care of a government-run program. And they share the story of a special Christmas they experienced while there in an article called A Russian Christmas Story for Always. As Christmas was approaching, they prepared uh, to share the Christmas story with the orphans who would be hearing it for the very first time. Imagine that, first time ever hearing the Christmas story. They told them about Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem and finding no room in the inn. They explained that Jesus was born in a stable and placed in a manger. The children and workers of the orphanage sat attentively and listened with amazement. When they finished telling the story, they gave each of the children three small pieces of cardboard and asked them to make a simple manger. They also gave uh, each child a small square cut from a napkin for the baby Jesus. As Will walked among the children to see if they needed help, he came uh, to a little boy uh, who looked to be about the age uh, of six. And uh, this boy's name was Misha. Well, Misha's manger had not one, but two babies in it. And that intrigued Will, so he called a translator to come over uh, so he could ask the little boy about it. Misha had heard the Christmas story just once, but he accurately related what happened until he came to the part where Mary put baby Jesus in the manger. Then he began to ad-lib. He said, and when Maria laid the baby in the manger, Jesus looked at me and asked me if I had a place to stay. I told him, I have no mama and I have no papa, so no, I, I don't have any place to stay. Then Jesus told me I could stay with him, but I told him I couldn't because I didn't have a gift to give him like everybody else did. But I wanted to stay with Jesus so much, so I thought maybe if I kept him warm, in the manger. That would be a good gift. So I asked Jesus, if I keep you warm, 
will that be a good enough gift? And Jesus told me, if you keep me warm, that will be the best gift anybody ever gave me. So the little boy said, I got into the manger. And then Jesus looked at me and told me I could stay with him for always, for always. As Misha finished, uh, his eyes were, were brimming with tears that spilled down his cheeks. And he covered his face with his hands, lowered his head to the table, and sobbed. Will concludes his article with these powerful words. The little orphan had found someone who would never abandon nor abuse him. Someone who would stay with him for always. This is the wonder of a manger. That God would come to us as a baby. As one of us. To redeem us and be with us forever. It's stunning. How approachable God makes himself. God isn't hiding somewhere. God isn't concealing himself from you and me. He hasn't made it difficult or complicated to find him. It's not a special privilege reserved only for a select few. God wants to be found. He wants to be known by everybody, even by ordinary people like you and me. God wants us to come to the manger. What beautiful words we hear in Luke's gospel. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. What a beautiful, wonderful picture of God's love for you and for me. Let's pray. Lord, we bow our heads and our hearts before you and before your throne. We stand in awe that you would humble yourself and come to earth to live among us, to love us, serve us, and show us you are for us, being willing to give your life so we might truly live. How grateful we are for your surprising and wonderful divine plan. Open our eyes this season to the wonder of a manger, this unlikely crib that announces your humble and eternal reign May this beautiful picture of your love and your salvation profoundly change us. And may we follow your example by humbling ourselves to love and serve others in your, in your name and for your sake, Jesus. And now we pray together the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven.